One of the big questions surrounding experiences with the paranormal is are the things people experiencing simply manifestations of their imagination caused by stressful and negative experiences or emotions? Or do these entities or spirits feed off our negative emotions, enabling them to manifest into something we sense, hear, smell, or in some cases see? How you answer this question will largely depend on your level of scepticism regarding the paranormal. However, even if what people report as paranormal phenomena can be explained away by rational explanations and responses of the brain, it doesn't make it any less terrifying to those experiencing the occurrences who believe wholeheartedly that what they are experiencing is real. The following story is an ongoing situation that has befallen two young women during a major transition period in their lives, and how they are struggling to get the help they need due to people refusing to believe their story. Welcome to Deliver Us. Rebecca Horton was a music industry major at a university in Kentucky who had a desire to go into entertainment law. She attended her first piano class in college wearing a backpack that had the logo from the TV series Supernatural, of which she was a big fan. This attracted the attention of Amy, who was also a fan of the show, and immediately a friendship blossomed between the two. They were inseparable throughout their time in college, even when Amy got into a serious relationship with her boyfriend, Paul, her and Rebecca remained close. When they were about to go into their final year, Rebecca moved into the house that Amy and Paul lived in with Paul's friend. It seemed like the ideal setup, all close friends and reasonable rent for their final year in college. There was one issue in that they didn't have much in the way of furniture in the new house. New furniture was a little out of the budget for the students. However, shortly into the first semester of that year, a relative of Paul's passed away and they were able to acquire some of the furniture and make the house a little more livable. It was after getting the furniture that Rebecca started to experience a sense that someone was watching her around the house. She also became aware that objects were getting moved of their own accord. Amy identified as being an empath, someone who is sensitive to the energy and emotions of others. As a result, she is sensitive to the paranormal. Rebecca decided to speak to Amy about her experiences and see if she had sensed anything as well. Amy acknowledged the activity that had been going on in the house, and although this didn't take away the feeling of being uncomfortable, it did offer some comfort that they were both experiencing the same thing. One night, Amy had a large number of papers to work on. Paul and Greg were out for the night, and she asked Rebecca if she would be willing to stay up with her while she studied. What with everything going on, she didn't want to be alone. Rebecca was happy to oblige. Amy was working away in their designated study room, and Rebecca was practicing on the piano. The night was cold, so they had the heating on in the house. The room in the house was warm, yet at some point in the evening, they felt the room go incredibly cold. Then, they heard the sound of footsteps coming up the stairs. Initially, they thought it was the boys who had come back and were coming up to say goodnight. The door was open, and they had a direct sight of the hallway outside. They turned to look but as the sound of the footsteps stopped outside the room, they did not see the boys, 
but something more sinister. Amy asked Rebecca if she could see what was out there. Rebecca saw something, but couldn't make out anything other than a strange, misshapen shadow. Amy, being more sensitive to the paranormal, was able to make out the face of a child. She described it as having sunken features and blackened eyes. What they were seeing eventually faded, but the feeling that something was watching them remained. Eventually the boys came home, and although the girls were put at ease by their presence returning to the house, they still remain unnerved. Paul and Greg were sceptical of anything paranormal happening in the home and dismissed the experience merely as the two girls being freaked out by their own imaginations whilst being in the home alone. The four students went to bed. For Rebecca, sleeping alone meant her imagination ran wild, terrified of any noise she could hear in the house or shadows she could see in her room. She was raised a Catholic, however her family considered her rather unorthodox in her religious beliefs as she did believe in the paranormal and in alternative methods of spiritual healing. She decided the best thing to do was to try to sage the house, as an attempt to cleanse it of any unwanted spirits and energy. The following day, Rebecca and Amy went to a local store to find sage that they would be able to burn in a cleansing ceremony. When they got back to the house, they started in the basement, which was the area in the house they would do laundry, and the boys would sometimes play video games. The back of the house went out onto a lower level of the front of the house, so there were doors in the basement that opened to the back garden. They began burning the sage, and once finished in the basement, they went up and covered the first floor. They got to the stairs, and were about to walk up to the second floor when Rebecca, who was leading, stopped when she saw the black shadow at the top of the stairs in the same place she saw it the previous night. Once again, the presence appeared differently to Amy as it did to Rebecca. The girls slowly walked up the stairs. As they approached whatever it was they saw, it slowly moved from the top of the stairs and towards Amy's room. Once they got to the landing, it was out of sight. They proceeded with their ritual throughout all the rooms and closets in the top floor. However, once they got to the last room, which happened to be Amy and Paul's room, the entity they had seen was no longer present. They assumed that what it was must have left as a result of the sage they were burning. Once they had finished, they went back down to their kitchen. Amy started to feel uneasy, and Rebecca felt the room go cold. It was at this point that they realised that they had forgotten to include the kitchen closet in their cleanse, so they concluded the entity must have taken residence in there. Rebecca, returning to her Catholic roots, fetched some holy water she had in her room and used it as a way to chase off the spirit once and for all. After this, everything seemed to die down for a short while. Rebecca was even able to sleep with the lights off. But then, a couple of months later, out of seemingly nowhere, the feeling of being watched came back to Rebecca. She dismissed it as her imagination being triggered by some sort of anxiety brought on by her approaching the end of her time at college and whatever the future might bring. Most weekends, Rebecca went to Louisville to stay with her family and work as her weekend job that supported her studies. One weekend, she was arriving back from Louisville on a Saturday night. 
As she pulled up to the house, something in her bedroom window caught her eye. She looked up and saw the silhouetted shape of a person in the window. She rushed into the house and up the stairs to her room, but no one was in there. Hoping that it was just one of her housemates popping into her room to fetch something, she searched the house and discovered that Amy was the only person there. She denied going anywhere near her room. Rebecca asked Amy if she had been experiencing anything going on again in the house, as she herself had been feeling the sense of being watched. Anne had just seen the figure in her window. Amy acknowledged that the feeling of a presence had indeed returned, and agreed she would keep a lookout for anything out of the ordinary occurring. The following evening, Paul and Greg came home from college and weren't in the mood to eat at home so they decided to head out for dinner. They asked if Rebecca and Amy would like to join them, and they both declined wanting to save some money and cooking for themselves and catching up on some studying. After eating together, Amy decided to take a shower and so Rebecca went to her room to do some schoolwork. After maybe ten minutes or so, she was interrupted by the sound of someone calling a name from somewhere inside the house. Thinking it must have been Amy needing something in the shower, she made her way to the bathroom. Once she got there, Amy was just getting out of the shower, and when Rebecca asked her what she wanted, Amy claimed she'd never said anything. The girls stood there confused for a few minutes, when out of nowhere, they heard a door slam shut somewhere in the house. They gasped out of shock and stood there frozen with fear. Amy called out to Paul and Greg, hoping it was them getting back from their evening out. When there was no reply, the girls tentatively did a search of the house, expecting to find an intruder. When they searched the top floor, they discovered one side of the hallway had dropped considerably in temperature. Realising there was no one else in the house, they wanted to get to the bottom of which room door had slammed shut. Amy stayed near the bathroom whilst Rebecca tried to replicate the sound by slamming each door in the house. It didn't take long to discover the door that slammed was the one leading to an unoccupied room in the house. This also happened to be in the same area of the hallway where the cold spell they felt earlier was. The room itself was freezing cold. Rebecca immediately went down the stairs to fetch her holy water, leaving Amy with nothing to protect her but a crucifix from her bedroom. Amy was in no way religious, but was open to anything in the heat of the moment. Upon returning from the kitchen, Rebecca was running past a room downstairs that would be best served as a dining room, but was ultimately left unused, when something caught her eye making her stop. In the room was a large mirror in which Rebecca not only saw her own reflection, but that of a dark figure standing behind her. Fear took over her as she didn't wait to investigate who or what it might be, and she ran up the stairs to rejoin Amy. The two girls went from room to room blessing them with the holy water. For some reason, Amy was too scared to go near the windows, and so left those areas to Rebecca. When Rebecca went near the window, she would see the black figure outside the house staring back at her. It was almost as if the holy water had driven it out of the house, but it was still able to linger outside waiting for them. This was where they would see the entity from now on. Outside, staring in at them. They did feel a sense of comfort that it was out of the house, but a great sense of uncertainty about whether or not it would return. Rebecca 
went to get help from a local church, but the pastor dismissed her claims as nothing but signs of stress and an overactive imagination. They have considered getting a spiritualist involved to help them, but that would cost money the two students couldn't afford, and it may go towards nothing more than a scam artist. So they continue to live there, in fear that the entity will find its way back into the home in which they live. Coming to the end of your time at university and facing the realities of starting your career in the real world is not without its uncertainty and stress. Could these events have been brought on by this? One theory a spiritualist friend of the two girls had was that the entity appeared differently to them in an attempt to tap into their desires. Rebecca shared with me that Amy was at a stage in her life where she wanted nothing more than to be a mother, and that was why the entity took on the form of a child. Rebecca, on the other hand, was still looking for someone with which to have a long-term relationship, and that was why what she saw manifested in the form of a man. The thought that this thing was taking on a form of something that would potentially entice them became even more disturbing. This story was based on true events, and was written, narrated and produced by me, James Deverell. The names of those involved have been changed. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was made possible by the person who agreed to let me tell their story. It was also made possible by you, my listeners. Without you, I wouldn't feel compelled to find these stories, write and narrate them, and share them with you on this platform. I love telling stories, and I truly believe there is great importance for storytelling in our world. It invokes the imagination and opens us up to a greater sense of empathy through shared human experiences. That is the reason I do what I do, and I one day hope I am able to do it a lot more than I am currently able to. So, if you enjoyed it, please go ahead and help it to grow by subscribing on the platform you are listening on and leaving a positive review. To go beyond this episode and get access to the original Skype interview with the person who is featured in this story, go ahead and check out my Patreon account. Patreon contributors donating $5 or more get access to exclusive interviews and a Patreon-only audio feed in which I narrate the original stories I find. To keep up to date with me on social media, go ahead and check me out on Twitter at at daredeverell or Instagram at jamesdeverell. Thank you again for listening.